Um, we have two people in our church that are public school teachers. Mrs. Brown over there, she's a public school teacher. What, what year do you teach? And we have uh, Paul Chilson, also a public school teacher. He's a retired public school teacher from Michigan. Or they threw you out. I don't know which one, but they one way or another. And then he's come down here to double dip. He's going to retire down here in Lee County. God bless you, brother. Now, we appreciate Christian people that have, in, that have infiltrated the public system and are standing for Christ and God. People my age and older, I went to public school. How many here were educated in public school? Oh, wow, it's a massive group. Most of our teachers, from my at least my age and up, I'm 69, many, vast majority of them were born-again believers. Amen. I was taught all through elementary school Psalms, memorize the book. We memorize many of the Psalms. We memorize scripture on a regular basis and quote it in class. This is secular, by the way, secular school. They, um, our teachers were born from above, many of them lovely people uh, that, that would guide us toward heaven, really, guide us toward God and helped us out. <clears throat> I've been meditating on what has happened to America. I said past tense, didn't I? Purposefully. I've been meditating on what has happened to America. Now understand, if you're 50 years old and under, you're not, you have not witnessed the, in some parts you have, but you haven't witnessed what has happened to America. But a lot of you, I'm going to talk right up, right up where you lived and you know it's true. I am an eyewitness of the apostasy of America. How important is education? Recently, I sat back and I reviewed this about the last 40 years or so, or at least since 1970, and that's 50 years, I believe, when I graduated from high school. I also began to review what has been happening on our colleges, campuses right now, our high schools and junior high schools. I reviewed the major offenses of the time I went to school, high school, and the major offenses of high school today, and just compared them to each other. So how, how can you tell the way things are going is you just take and look at the major offenses in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then go and look at the major offenses today. Uh, the major offenses in public school, in high school, in the 50s through the 60s, are, are these. Arriving late for class. That was a big deal. They taught promptness. Glory to God, hallelujah, I may run around the stage. Whatever happens, be on time. God forbid you're late. I've had people to be late five minutes, ten minutes. It's just a habit, a stinking, no good, filthy habit of life. There is no excuse for being late. Brother Wendell Heller used to say, a half hour early is on time. Glory and bless his name. Oh, Wendell Heller. He'd want me to go golfing. He'd say, now I want you to meet at 6.30. I'd be there at 6, buddy. Because I know he'd be sitting there with a the car running wondering why I wasn't there. 
I said, well, I thought you said 630. He said, I did. <clears throat> but the second was uh, laughing while teacher taught. Oh, my goodness. If you were laughing when the teacher was talking, laugh, you, you got it. Chewing gum. Well, you'd have thought you committed the unpardonable sin. Amen. Chewing gum in class? Are you kidding me? Putting it under your seat? Woo! I'm not going to ask a show of hands to whoever put gum under their seat. Shame on you. <laughs> talking while the teacher was toss, talking? They would often say, well, okay, you want to talk? Well, let you, you, what do you got to say? And they'd make you get up front and say what you were saying to your buddy, which oftentimes you changed. <laughs> wearing, girls wearing too much makeup. And I mean, they didn't let much makeup come in the room, but wearing too much of it. Tammy Faye Baker would have never been able to go to school when I went to school. Not having your homework done. Oh, what in the world? You get thrown out for not doing your homework. That was an order. It wasn't, you weren't being asked to do homework. You were being ordered to do homework. And my mom and dad would back them up. My mom and dad never, and I remember in the 12 years I went to from first grade to 12th grade, ever went down to the high school, elementary, junior high, and had a conference with the teacher. The teacher was right. And if I got in trouble, it was me. Well, let me tell you how accurate they were. 99.99%. Oh, I had a teacher abuse me. No, it was me. But I would try to convince them that it was my teacher was unreasonable, or my teacher was too hard, or my teacher was this. It's not the teacher. Most of the time. And you're going to say, well, I knew one time somewhere in a distant place far, far away where there was a teacher who abused children. That may be true, but brother, it's the exception, not the rule. At least, at least back in this time. Uh, not having homework done. Forgetting your P.E. outfit. Oh, my, oh, my. They'd shame you on that one. Shame you? Well, that'll hurt your self-image for the rest of your life. That's hogwash. God shames you. You need to be shamed. The Bible says, beware lest you be ashamed at the judgment. When you come up there, you're going to stand before God ashamed if you don't do what you're supposed to do and as he wants you to do it. At his judgment, you're going to be ashamed. Paul mentions much about it. Um, girls, skirt too short. Uh, by the way, you had a skirt on. No pants on women. And a skirt. And the skirt had to be loose. And from the very pits of hell, there were no leggings. <laughs> leggings come from the very heart of hell. Mark that down. Put that on the internet. That's a quote from Bill Lytell. And every young man knows what I'm talking about. Passing out notes. Oh, my goodness. Passing notes back and forth. So I looked up the, what has happened in the last 10 years of school in America. It's interesting to me. Here's the way they identify the trouble they're having in public school today. Here's the, here's the way they identify it. 
Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Oppositional Defiant Disorder. Autism Spectrum Disorder. Anxiety Disorder. Depression. Bipolar Disorder. Learning Disorders. Conduct Disorder. My mom and dad could cure that in 10 minutes. So what were some of the offenses on these disorders? School shootings, like in Columbine. Stabbings. Rape of the girls. Drugs. Open use of drugs. I'm talking about big drugs. We're talking about cocaine drugs. We're talking about, uh, I don't know much about, I don't know about heroin, but I know it was big drug. Hate crimes being committed, race to race. Transgender, transvestite stuff. You know that's going on right now. Satanism. Body piercing and tattooing is related to Satanism. Absolutely sure of what I'm talking about. You say, well, I, I've had my body pierced and I tattoos. I didn't even think of Satan. Didn't make any difference. You joined a large crowd that were thinking about it when they did it. Sexual language and filthy language. I mean, language that you wouldn't believe come out of a human being. Just filthy, nasty, sexual, vulgar, vile, wicked. Is that enough? No adjectives for that. And then lastly, violence, just violence. Beating people up, threatening their life, harassing them. There was simply no comparison of the violations committed in the 50s and 60s to the violations committed in the last 20, 15, 20 years of school. School shootings rose out of these behavioral crimes that you just told, I just mentioned. The guns did not do it. Don't blame the gun. People often carried guns when I went to school in the back of their pickup trucks. How many had guns in the back of their pickup trucks? God bless you. Had a rifle, usually a rifle, loaded in the back of my pickup truck. Or back, I, I didn't have a pickup truck, but the, the, the people who were, I went to school with, and they'd have their guns, some of them, two of them. They usually have two of them there. I never remember one time thinking they were going to grab that gun, walk into school, and shoot anybody. I never even thought about it. never even crossed my mind. The high school I went to was 3,000 kids, 1,000 sophomore, 1,000 junior, and 1,000 seniors. What a small place. And we had 25% black, a real small percent of Hispanic, but mostly, mostly uh, white folks. We never thought about that kind of stuff. People, they carried guns. There were no school shootings that I know of in the history I went to school. With guns, that prolific. So you know it cannot be the gun. Okay, now we're going to agree on that? There were guns everywhere. Nobody shot anybody. It wasn't the gun. It's the people. It's the people. They've gotten worse. They've gotten more degenerate. They've gotten more violent. They've gotten meaner. They've gotten more vulgar. More out of control. And if I may just sum it this way, more farther away from God. The word is apostasia. Falling away from God. It's what happened. 
So this overall degeneration and anti-God behavior was spawned. And recently, I heard it recently said that the most dangerous place in America was the public school. Paul's working in one of the most dangerous places in America, and if you're in high school, what grade do you do? Yeah. Okay, if you're up in high school, you're in some of the most dangerous environment, and that's from police. That's from people who know. So what happened? I pose a question to what happened. Let me, let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Let me go to this, my last page here. I'm going to read the, read the scripture here for it. Okay, let's take a Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2. And just the first part of that, it says, Thus saith the Lord, learn, learn not the way of the heathen. That's talking to God's people. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that's not a promise. That is, however, a principle. What is a principle? A principle happens most of the time or the majority of the time, but not necessarily all the time. That is been misquoted, mispreached, but all of Proverbs is, is full of principles. Principles, not promises. Most of the time this happens if you do this. And so there's back and forth in Proverbs. All of a sudden you don't come to one of them you like and all of a sudden you can make it a promise. You can't do that. You can't interpretate, you interpret scripture that way. It's mis misusing the word. Raise a child in the way he should go when he's old. And that part is a general rule that it will affect them so heavily that eventually they'll get right with God, hopefully as they get old. But some of them won't. And you've seen some that don't. You've lived long enough to see some that didn't. And they went on into their, into their uh, apostasy. So the liberal, what happened in America? What happened? Well, I believe the liberals, who, by the way, hate Christianity, understood the importance of education. They understood it. They began, I believe, to attack America at the college level. Uh, by training teachers who taught teachers. And the new teachers began to show up in the late 60s out of college and began to replace a large retiring group of born-again, Bible-believing people who love God that were teaching in school, all the way from first grade all the way to 12th grade. These teachers were 22 23 years old, young people, being taught in liberal colleges, being taught philosophies that were anti-biblical, anti-God. And they brought that with them when they began to replace these retired. I was shocked. My fifth grade teacher had us memorizing scripture, doing psalms, praying every class. My sixth grade teacher was one of those 22, 23-year-olds who replaced the 65-year-old that retired, and I almost went into shock at the difference in attitude and conduct that we had in our class. I mean, what in the world? I mean, no more prayer, no more word of God, no more reference to God. In fact, a somewhat of a disdain for God if you referred to him as that. And, and a, uh, uh, an outspoken pressure in uh, teaching evolution began to come up all the way back then. That would have been in 1960, probably five, six. 
was already in, already happening. So these new teachers began to replace these old teachers, and that's when the change began. The liberals understood um, that these new teachers did not hold to biblical principle or practice of life, as the, as the uh, the uh, old ones did, the new ones did did not. And so as it happened to me, uh, so it began to happen all over the United States of America. And it, the, the downfall of the public school system began to began to transpire. What happened, what was going on? The Christians were sleeping. You know, they say a college is judged by its past history, not its present condition. You know what I'm saying by that? In other words, they, the colleges who had turned out good teachers and solid people were looked at like, well, they're good schools. They're doing a good job. But they had already moved to the left. But the people who were recommending them didn't realize what was going on. And the Christians, in essence, were sleeping while this change began to happen and began to happen in the classroom. Now, remember what my whole theme is, is how important is education. I want you to get it. So the liberals were working behind the scenes very hard to replace us, to take the, if I may say, the stranglehold, which they would say it this way, the stranglehold of Christianity off the throats of the children and to introduce their philosophy of humanism, mainly, and, and other major philosophies that are anabiblical. Psychology began to be predominant. And the, the heresy of, of uh, psychology, by the way, the psychology believes that you are, you are what your surroundings are. That's not the Bible at all. You know better than that, right? You're, you're not what your surroundings are necessarily, right? I mean, you can choose to do different. You can. Now, I'm not saying your surroundings, circumstantial psychology is called, uh, circumstantial psychology is the prevailing philosophy of psychology. Your circumstances, and so what it is, if you're a bad kid, it's your parents' fault. It'd be like if I was your kid, I'd say, well, man, I got no trouble at all. Nick, the way he acted, and no, no, the way they, it's their fault. I'd go to a psychologist and they'd say yes. They'd say, Nick, did you ever ask, you ever ask your kid to do something and never did? Yes, I did. Did you ever get mad at your child? Oh, you got mad at your child? Oh, my, my, you're in bad shape. He's scarred for life. Then they went on and on with that kind of what they call psychobabble. If you read your Bible and know much of your Bible, you know that is just not so. And so they, they planted that in the minds of these kids, went up and, up and down the country. So uh, the next generation moved to the left on a whole array of issues. Evolution was taught as absolute fact with no alternative there is no such thing as creation. There is no such thing to even be considered other than evolution. If you're a true scientist and you understand you have a brain in your head, you're going to be an evolutionist. And it became much more ingrained. Christianity was taken out, you know, in 1968, I think it was, that prayer was made illegal in public school system. That was, you can mark it. That is where it began to go down. It said the day they kicked God out. 1968, the day they kicked God out of the public system. Now, are you kidding? We need God back in the public system. Woo! They kicked him out. God and Christianity literally were outlawed in the class. 
Behavior was tolerated more and more without corporal punishment. I remember when Lee County had corporal punishment. That wasn't that long ago. About 10 years ago, anybody here would, well, Boucher was here, he'd know. Maybe it was 15 years ago. Public, finally, Lee County said, we're no longer going to corporally spank your children. We're not going to have corporal punishment. And that put us in a ringer here to school because we were just, we were doing it before them. And because we believe it's biblical, commanded by the Bible, and we were always happy when parents would come in and complain, we'd always say, well, the public school system, they spank them. They'd go, they do? They'd say, yeah. I'd say, well, it's okay then. But now they say, public school system says that you can't spank a child, and da-da-da-da-da, try to use that sometimes. I can tell you why we spank children at Gospel Baptist Christian schools, because the Bible says to. Amen. Now, we don't. We let the parents do it. They birth them. They, they get to whip them. <laughs> it's a pretty sad day in America when a parent, when they're eating somewhere and a kid misbehaves, they're afraid to spank their children in front of a bunch of people because they're afraid they're going to get turned into some sort of a child welfare, child health system. I forgot the name of it now. It used to be called Hell's Evil Workers. H-E-W. But uh, homosexuality has been downplayed. Feminine boy has been tolerated. Dress of every imaginable kind has been tolerated and is tolerated, especially in the high school realm. All across America. This is not isolated to Florida. This is not isolated. This is all across America. Now, there may be an exceptional county once in a while with a, with a stronger Christian influence and a better school board that will reverse some of this stuff I'm talking about tonight. But this is what's happened. They knew what was going on. They wanted to get rid of Christianity, downplay the Bible, God's people, God's preachers. And, when God, and, and then we facilitated them by people like Jim Baker, which discredited every preacher that ever stood up. Or maybe uh, some of them other preachers who, who fell to sexual sins, discrediting the office of a gospel preacher. And it was, it's combined, as if I may say, a plan to destroy America because America is a Christ-based nation. We've been passing out books by David Barton. You people read that yet? We're, we're Christ and Christian-based nation. Not Hindu, not Muslim, not God generically, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what we're based on in America. And it used to be reflecting, it used to be reflected by the public school system. And that's why Christians sent their kids to the public school. Because they had Christians teaching Christians, they had an atmosphere that was conduct, conducive to Christianity, and they had an atmosphere that was conducive to the parental authority. The school respected the authority of the parent. And, and made them do the things they should do or told them at least, and they cooperated together. That's why I told you. My parents never went down. I remember one time going down, talking to my teacher. I only went to Troy's school. If I remember, I may have gone, Kathy, you here tonight? I may have gone one time, maybe two times. He broke a kid's arm. That's a $2,500 mistake on his part. And trust me, it was a mistake on his part because I made him pay for that. But anyways, he broke a kid's arm. They called me down to the office and said, we're going to kick your kid out for violence, and we don't know where he's learning it. And I said, well, he is not learning it at home. Don't you be looking at me now. 
And so he was, he was, uh, he got in a fight and some kid got, but I only, that's, that was why I went down there. It wasn't rarely for anything else because he'd come home and I'd say, just listen to your teacher, do what they tell you to do. So overcoming the Bible is, was, uh, and, and overcoming uh, Bible with science and so-called evolution, downplaying anybody saying, saying stuff to us like no intellectual person believes God spoke all this into existence and laughing. They'll say stuff like all science supports evolution. They'll say stuff like we're really animals. We have no eternal soul, no eternal consequences. There is no God. And look what their teaching has accomplished. Do you understand what the average college is putting out now, the average secular school is putting out? Socialists. Communists. Where are they getting that? They're living in one of the most prosperous countries in the entire world, maybe ever in history. Everybody wants to come to America. And it's not because we're socialists and not because we're communists. It's because we have freedom and a democracy and personal respect for life. At least we did have. Why in the world, why, in the, why does the world want to come? Why are we having so many people crossing the border? Why do we even have a problem? Some countries got a problem of people leaving their place. Well, evidently, all them people that are coming up from the south, they're leaving someplace. That place probably is not fit to live. That's why they want to leave. America, and so you got these college know-it-alls who come around. Where are they getting the philosophy from that? They're being taught. It's being educated. How important is education? Life-changing important. How important is your child gets a, gets a Christ-based uh, education? It's life and death. It's massively important to reverse the horror that's going on. So what does our Christian schools do here at Gospel? What's Gospel Baptist Christian School do? Well, it teaches, first of all, the Gospel. Gospel Baptist. I tell people, I've had parents sometimes come in and they'll, they'll protest that we use the Bible. And I'll say, now, wait a minute. Did, did Barrows interview you? Because it surely wasn't me. No. But I've had it happen. I'll say, now, what's our name? Would you tell me our name? And I'll say, well, yeah, Gospel Baptist Christian School. I said, what's fuzzy about that? <laughs> gospel Baptist. You may not know what Baptist means. But Christian School. We're Bible-based school. Our curriculum is Bible-based. History is his story. You know, oh, come on, help me out here. Why do you want your child to go to a Christian school if you don't want Christ to be the main theme of the whole thing? Well, that's what our school does. I think that changes everything. We change the kids' philosophy of life. We change their sociology. We change their behavior <clears throat> in some degree. We politically get, we, we change their political worldview. Um, the Bible will do that. The Bible... We'll tell them how important the Bible is and make it a book that they want to read. We tell them how important local church is and how they ought to be there and listen to the preaching of the Bible because the Bible says that. 
Uh, we, we changed our scientific view from evolution, which is uh, pie in the sky, no evidence to it. I don't see how anybody believes it, to that there was an intelligent creator behind intelligent-made things. Complicated things don't get complicated by themselves. A 747 doesn't put itself together. Um, we change our moral views. We believe adultery is wicked. Living together is sin before God. Where do we get all our information? Bible. Amen. Bible. And so many more things. It teaches the importance of Bible in your life. That's what we're doing here at the Gospel Baptist. The Bible, we, you know, we're, we're, we're crazy enough to tell them the Bible has the answer for all of life's problems. How many? All of them. You don't have a problem the Bible don't answer for. I challenge you. You do not have a problem the Bible doesn't address. In principle. Now, it may not specifically address it because it would have let things out of the bag. In other words, the Bible doesn't let things out of the bag. It doesn't let scientific inventions out of the bag before they come about. But in principle, it deals with them. It talked about the earth being round. Had Columbus and his, his merry band of men studied that a little bit, they know the earth wasn't flat. Well, Columbus did. But all the queen of Spain and all them, they thought the earth was flat. They're going to fall off down. That's just, that's how far away people get from the Bible. The Bible's spherical. It mentions itself. So many Bible facts, scientific facts in the Bible. We teach the Bible is God's word so that it'll guide you in your marriage. It's the first thing you seek when you get married. It's the first thing you seek when you go to work. It's the first thing you seek when you have friendships. It's the first thing you seek when you have children. Ooh, that's real big. It's the first thing you seek when you talk about government. That's how powerful education is. You can literally change all those things I mentioned and influence all those things I mentioned with education. You say, well, you're, you speak too much, preacher. You say too much. Well, how are schools today? I just told you how they were in the 50s and 60s when the Bible was in really control of the deal, when Christianity's influence was in control of America. And, I, and you know what schools pretty much are like today. What happened? The power of education. One student at a time. I think you can teach, you teach, uh, you teach your students what we do here at the gospel. We teach our students how to treat their fellow man, how to treat the ladies. We treat each other with respect. We teach, we treat each other with compassion. We treat each other with mercy. We treat each other with love. We treat each other with care. We treat each other understanding the importance that God has made us in his image. We teach, we teach the value of life itself. We, we have to stand against abortion. Amen. We don't have no choice. There's no choices about it. Amen. Because God is the one of giver of all life. <clears throat> and there's no excuse for willfully, wantonly taking a life Amen. of an innocent which is what abortion does. So our, our girls and our boys are taught for 12 years or here, or maybe 14 years or here, K3, K4, K5, maybe 15 years, 
We teach them all this right here. This is the stuff. You say, is, is, is it getting in? I don't know, but we're throwing a lot of water on them. I'll tell you that. How important is Christian education? I believe it's life and death important. Without God, a society will spin out of control to its own destruction. People are coming to me and saying, do you think America is going to destroy it? Uh, Self-destructing. <clears throat> yes. We're not far from it. Folks, this lacks election. I thought that was it. I thought half the country is going to rise up and say, we reject the results of this election. And then how do you settle that difference? With weapons. With war. Civil war. And nobody wants in the right mind <clears throat> would want a civil war. You already saw what one did. <clears throat> How close are we to not existing as a nation that we have been so thrilled to be part of? We're not far away. How did it all start? Education. Education. How powerful is education? Look where we're at. I can tell you this, in the 50s and 60s, and Tom Gillespie and all you older people will agree, my parents bought a new car, put the key in the car, it never left the car. Doors never locked. We had no security system. They didn't even sell them. Our house had, a, I told you this the other night, it had a uh, skeleton locks on it. It was built in the 1890s, and they never changed the locks. None of them worked. All the doors were unlocked. All the bedrooms were unlocked. All the major doors. We could not lock our doors. I went to school. I told you of a large school I went to. I knew nobody that was divorced. That's a shocker. I did not know of a divorced couple. I'm talking Catholics stayed together. Lutherans stayed together. Episcopalians stayed together. Uh, Presbyterians stayed together. Even the heathens stayed together. Because they just, under peer pressure, my brother, <clears throat> at 25 years old, went to get a divorce from his wife. <clears throat> he went before the judge. The judge heard why he wanted to get a divorce. He said, you can't have a divorce. You need to get back right with your wife. I'm going to give you so much to do and assigned him a bunch of stuff under court order. You couldn't get a divorce unless the judge granted it. You remember that? You know I'm not lying. You know I'm telling you the truth. And I'm not lying about bleaching my hair either. <laughs> I had somebody today tell my wife, he bleaches his hair. God forget. Forgive him, Lord. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, folks, it's the way it is. It's a shock to people like us to, that have seen the full circumference of it. But... <clears throat> The, the worst thing I ever saw in high school was a fist fight. <clears throat> no knifings. Fist fight. And that had to be done under rules. No cage fighting. When a guy goes on the ground, you don't jump on him and start whacking him. That was wrong. Cage fighting is wicked. You jump on a guy's knocked out and whack on him some more. That's just not right. You have rules when you fight. If you knock a guy down, you wait till he gets back up. You go at it some more, knock him down again. You don't want to kill a guy. You're just trying to settle a difference. 
See, there was just a difference in spirit about the whole thing. Now they're trying to kill each other. And so we wanted, uh, we're trying to teach her, we're trying to teach her. You know, by the way, if you don't, if a society doesn't, if a society falls away from God enough, it self-destructs. How many societies in history do we have to read about before we get that? Here at Gospel, we're trying to teach your children to be good neighbors. Somebody, people want to live beside. We want to teach them to be good customers. I'm going to talk about good customers. They're not rude, crude, and totally unacceptable. We're trying to teach your children to be good workers. That they, they get up early, go to bed late, work hard. Don't steal a nail, go to jail. If you steal a nail, go to jail. Zero tolerance on theft. If they break something, they need to pay for it and get it fixed themselves. We try to teach them to be good citizens of America, appreciate the Constitution, preamble, bylaws. We try to teach them to be good patriots, willing to die so others may live. How important is Christian education? It's the hope of our survival in America coupled with churches, coupled with the churches. A partnership made in heaven, life-changing, world-changing, one kid at a time changing. I believe you need to get behind your local Christian school by the grace of God, and you do, you do. I believe our school is doing a massively important job. Those teachers, I hope you pray for them, pray for them, pray for them, that they keep it up and do the right thing. We got some of the finest teachers <clears throat> that I could imagine. Yeah. I'm serious about that. <clears throat> I don't flatter. We want to support them every way possible, make it happen. Encourage it. And I'm talking, I'm talking homeschooling's beautiful. If you can homeschool and do it right, do it. But most homeschoolers don't do it right. No offense, ma'am. Homeschooling needs to have structure. You need to get up at a specific time, Get dressed, shower, put your stuff on, be in a classroom, do your tests when you're supposed to, do your assignments when you're supposed to. Not like, well, let's go to the park today because, oh, we'll put that off two or three days. Tell your employer that and see how it works. You need to homeschool your child. And I've seen great homeschooling, great homeschooling. There can be fabulous. We're not against homeschooling. We like homeschooling. If it's done right with structure, it can be a beautiful thing. But sometimes that doesn't work for a parent, and they don't want this kind of school we have here. And our school here is kind of a different school. It's kind of between live teacher school and the upper grades, our, uh, our video school, kind of what the colleges are going to. We were doing that long before these colleges picked all up on that. And so we kind of got a two different way that we're doing it. But we're trying to help your child to succeed in life uh, by the grace of God. We don't want them to learn the way of the heathen. And we surely want to train them up in the way they should go. I appreciate these public school teachers here that are in the system and trying to make a difference in their classroom. Do it. You make all the difference you can make. You say, I'll get fired. Get fired. What about more of an honorable thing to get fired for than standing up for God? There is no more honorable thing you could get canned for. <clears throat> I've gotten fired a couple times, and it was for passing gospel tracts out on the job. 
And I just said, well, Lord, I told the guy, I said, if that's what you're going to fire me for, fire me. And he said, you're fired. I said, okay. I went home to my wife. I don't have a job anymore. She goes, oh, no. Within a week, I had a job making more money. There's a God in heaven. You stand up for God, he's going to help you. And let's not be weak-willed, sissy, spine pink lemonade people. Let's stand up for God. Let's have some courage, some backbone. When the world, listen, we got to answer the, listen, we are responsible for our generation. If, and I'm going to leave you with this and I'm going to quit. If the, and I went long tonight. If the salt has lost its savor, what's it good for? Bible says to be kicked out in the road and trodden under the feet of man. You don't want to be under the feet of these people. You don't want to be. May God help us. Father, help us. May this be used of you. Lord God, may your hand be upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.